So about, um, gosh, maybe a couple years ago, a little bit more, uh, after service one time, uh, when we're still identic, and that's how we kind of started, and the whole community started off with just a bunch of people just trying to figure out how to do life and ministry and gatherings together, and there's a gal who came up, and she's like, I just feel called by God just to come and serve, and she says, I don't need to do anything, I just want to come and serve, and for two years we've had the amazing, most amazing servant of our gathering and group that I've known in how she just prepares for the hearts of each person that comes here tonight, how she sows relentlessly into the lives of those around us and the women and hosts activities. She's been an administrative support and help, and Stephanie is who I'm talking about. She's been such a great, great, an amazing person. And uh, I read Colossians 3.16 the other day, uh, probably yesterday, and it says, Whatever you do, do with all your heart as if working for the Lord, not for man. And so when she came and she says, I want to come alongside you and help do whatever you are, are feeling led by God, she came and worked alongside me, but she was working for the Lord the entire time. And I love it because she's from Colorado, and she came out here, and, and uh, she decided to pour her whole entire efforts, and her intention was to be here for Epic Life and to be here for you guys. And so she's been serving us, and so I have a great, with a heavy heart, sorrow to say that she's going to be heading back to where God is calling her, and she's heading back to Colorado and investigating what God has next for her. And so it's um, one part kind of sad because she has been such an amazing uh, investor into each one of us. On the other hand, we really believe that when God calls us, we need to be fully embraced into the direction that he's leading. And when she came and she says, I really feel God that's leading me into a new direction, how can we not be excited for her? How can we not say yes and amen and and thank her and appreciate her for what she's done here in our midst? And uh, so we get to say thank you to her tonight, and she gets to deliver the word and uh, God has been stirring on her and, and all of our hearts about these next two weeks. I believe next week is going to be her last week here. So we're kind of making it um, not, we don't want to drag it out too long because everyone will get really sad. But we want to appreciate her, celebrate her for being here. And so she's going to come and bring the encouraging word. So why don't you welcome Stephanie up here. And um, can we just get a few people up here? I just want to pray for her before she speaks. Everyone with heavy hands, maybe, you know, no. Um, Just come around her, and I just want to just pray for her real quick. God, you know the special place that Stephanie has, not only in the hearts and minds of people here, but Lord, in your heart. And uh, God, how sweet her voice is to your ear. And we thank you for the service and the way that she's served us. Lord, we thank you for how selfless that she has been in serving. We thank you for her dedication to intimate encounters and her focus and relentless pursuit of an intimate relationship with you, God, and she has been spurring that on in us and so many people. And so we just thank you and bless her tonight. Lord, we just pray that you'd have your best for her, that you would withhold all other distractions, all good things, and only give her the best. Lord, we just pray for excellence and provision and just your uttermost prime best for her life. And so we thank you for her. We thank you that she is a part of us, Lord, that you are part of her. And because of what you've done in her, Lord, you have impacted all of us through her. And we commit her tonight. We, we thank you for the word that you've raised up in her and that she's going to deliver that our hearts and minds would be ready to receive. And that, God, that you would just move mightily here tonight. 
And so we thank you for her. We thank you for what you're going to do here tonight and commit it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sweet. You know what's really cool about that scripture that he just um, read is that um, I have a youth pastor that has remained in my life uh, for, I mean, I've been graduated from high school at like seven years or something, and I haven't talked to him in a long time, and he texted me randomly. Didn't He doesn't know I'm moving back to Colorado yet. He doesn't know, didn't know I was speaking tonight, and he texted me and just said that God put me on his heart to pray for me tonight, and um, when um, I told him that I was going to be speaking, uh, the only thing he replied back to me was, go and uh, speak with all your heart, and so it was just really cool that, that he even said that scripture right there, because that's, that's basically what I want to talk to you guys about tonight, is encouraging you to dedicate your whole heart to the things that God's calling you to, to invest your whole heart in the people that you're around, and um, I feel like like that's what God called me to do in Sacramento, and um, so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So coming into tonight, Eric asked me to speak on how to invest wherever you're at even if it's temporary. So I just want to give you guys a little background on my story and how I ended up in Sacramento and just this whole thing that I want to talk to you guys about tonight. It's my personal testimony of how to hear the will of God for your life, basically, and how to hear his voice of direction for your life. And I just, I know that it's so relevant for so many of us here because, you know, we're in our 20s and there's so much... um, transition in our lives, and we're constantly having to hear his voice of direction in our lives. So uh, the way that I came to Sacramento was uh, I had just gotten done doing an internship with uh, Youth with a Mission, YWAM, in Mazatlan, Mexico, and that was in the spring of um, 2008, I think, that I came back from that. Yeah, I think that's right. And uh, I was praying one day and felt like uh, I was just asking God, what the heck do you want me to do with my life? I'm a hairstylist, and I had worked full-time before I went to Mazatlan in a salon and came back and knew that I wanted to do more than just do hair. And so I was really seeking God for whatever the next step was going to be, and I just felt like he told me that I should be doing something by September 1st and that whatever it was going to be is going to take a leap of faith. And so I was just kind of like, okay, great, you know. And I explored so many options, you know. I was thinking about going to language school in Costa Rica and I was offered a job in Oregon with an YWAM guy and all this different kind of stuff. And I ended up meeting Jason Harper, who's the outreach pastor here at Capitol, and he invited me to come do an internship here at Capitol called Apex. It's the technically like the third year of Master's Commission. And um, so I came to do that. I, I came and checked it out. And really coming here was a leap of faith for me. It was God never split the skies and said, go to Sacramento. And it was a tough decision for me because I have a heart for the nations. And so to come to you know, to stay in the States, let alone California, you know, I was just like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this, and 
Um, I had heard lots of crazy things about you Californians, and so I didn't know if I was willing to uh, come and, and be at... I guess I just felt like, like California was going to be a place where I would be risking my, uh, my spiritual health. I guess, like, I just, there's so many things. I was leaving a very um, healthy church. I was leaving a, a godly family and godly friends to come to a place that um, I didn't know anyone. And uh, was just kind of, you know, I was nervous. I, was, I, I didn't know it was going to happen, but I just, through God's confirming word in my life, made the decision to come. And then once I got here, uh, I remember there was a time and a place where I decided to invest my time in people here. I knew I was going to be here temporarily. I, at that time, I thought that I would be going back to Sacramento the following spring. I came in the fall, and I was, it was like a school year-long internship. And so I thought I was going to be going back. And I remember that there was lots of opportunities for me to invest in the people around me, and there's lots of opportunities to get to know people, and because of moving so much in my life and uh, having to say goodbye to so many people, I had really made a habit of, you know, going new places and not really opening up, because I knew I was going to have to say goodbye, and I hate missing people. Like, that's like the worst thing ever. It's the worst feeling in the world, and, um, and so there was a time and a place where I had to decide, okay, I'm actually going to do this. I'm actually going to let someone into my life. I'm actually going to share with them who I am, and I'm going to allow myself to care about them. And, um, and, and that was hard, you know, in a temporary place. And so when I think about the reason why I decided to invest and not wait and not expect that God's will for me was going to begin after that year was because I believe that you can still look forward to all that God is going to do tomorrow while fully accomplishing everything he has for today. And I really believed that about my time in Sacramento. And when I got here, my expectations were not met for what I thought things were going to be like. It was totally different. And so I had to, you know, make this choice that I was going to trust that if I fully invested in whatever purposes he could possibly squeeze out of me being here, that it would be worth it. And that, that my dreams and his vision for my life was not being, you know, canceled because I was in a place that wasn't where I wanted to be, but that it would be waiting for me afterwards and that he would never, um, he would never delay his, his timing, like his timing would be perfect and that I would begin pursuing my own dreams at the right time. So I feel like uh, really epic life is what that purpose was. And um, I, let's see, I guess I started coming to epic life like early that fall, and then, well, it was identic then, and then we ended up launching Epic Life that summer. So that's really why I believe that God brought me here. And uh, tonight I want to talk about being the type of soil in which God can plant a seed and know that it will grow. 
So God's, God's will is not this clean-cut thing, and it's, it's not this like narrow little path that is going to be totally lost because you made one weird decision, whether it was a good decision or a bad decision. Like His will is not going to be totally lost for your life just because you messed up once or because you chose to go to this school instead of this school. And um, <clears throat> at the end of this, at the end of this night, I want you guys to feel less fearful and less condemned about missing his will and more enlightened that you are right now in the perfect place for him to use you. That wherever it is that you are, that you are in the prime place for his purposes to be accomplished and you're in the prime place to be used by God. So, um, basically, God's ultimate desire and most basic will for us is to know us. And in John 6, 40, it says that my Father's will is that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him will have eternal life. His most basic will for you, no matter what you're doing, whether you love your job or hate your job, whether you know that you're going to be you know, where you're at for two months or the next 20 years, whatever it is, his most basic will is that he knows you. And, you know, accomplishing God's will is not necessarily something that you have to work really hard at. All you need to do is be who you're called to be and go where he tells you to go. And you kind of have to do that one day at a time. You know, when I came to identic for the first time, God like put a word on my heart for Eric about um, like uh, not worrying about the plan, if the plan wasn't going right or something like that. And um, I shared that with him and it was kind of like through sharing that, that I felt really called to just come and be a part of it. I had no idea what it was going to lead to. But from that Thursday on, just like I shared at the beginning of the service, I prayed every single Thursday, God, what do you want to do tonight, and how can I be a part of it? So if you guys have your Bibles, turn to Luke 8. We're going to read here. All righty. This is going to be Luke 8. Verse 5, we're going to read the parable of the seed. I know this is something that we've all heard before, but for me, um, reading it today and getting ready for this was in a little bit different context than what I was used to. So, verse 5 A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across the field, some seed fell on the footpath where it was stepped on and birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked it, choked it out, or it choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Skip down to verse 11. It says, this is the meaning of the parable. This is the, the seed. The seed is God's word. 
The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear only the message, only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seed on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe it for a while and then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. That's the key verse for tonight. We want to be the good soil, right? The seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and the important part, patiently produce a harvest, because the harvest takes forever. So, I just want to encourage you guys, um, rather than focusing on making all the right decisions so that you don't miss God's will for your life, you have to focus on being the good soil so that his seed can grow in you. You want to be that kind of soil that's going to receive his seed and produce a harvest. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your life or how you got there. Maybe whatever, wherever low place, maybe you're at a low place or a high place, and maybe you really messed up and you've been in a lot of trouble. Whatever it is, whatever path you took, it doesn't even matter because he has a a purpose for you and you can never permanently be off track from his will. You can never mess up so bad that he can no longer use you. Romans 8.28 says that all things work together for the good of those who love him. And like I, th- I just feel like that that's such a more broad thing than we ever realize. Like all things work for the good of those who love him. Like if you're earnestly seeking to honor him, you're not going to miss out on accomplishing his purposes. If you, like if you really want to honor God and you have five options in front of you, it really doesn't matter that much which one you choose because you're going to honor him and, and fulfill an amazing plan no matter which one you choose. I also believe that life is less about there being a reason for everything and more about there being opportunities everywhere. So you know that there's those people who, um, like they overanalyze everything and they look at every little thing that happens in life and there's like so much purpose in it? That's me, okay? So I have a total tendency to do that. And, um, you know, there used to be a time in my life where I just thought that God's life was this super specific thing and that I had to tiptoe around and then if I made one little wrong move that I was just going to be lost for forever. And um, I don't know if any of you were there. Who was there when I broke my foot? Anybody? Okay, so not this past summer but the summer before, Katie Keeler crashed into me. On the slip and slide and broke my foot like real bad and I spent 10 weeks on crutches and uh, you guys can all give her a hard time about it after (laughs) anyway so when that happened like I felt really confused about um, how God could let that happen because when when I broke my foot 
it was just at a time in Epic Life we had just launched like not that long ago, and so I felt like we had a lot of momentum. I felt like I was finally seeing some breakthrough in people that I had been praying for, and so I couldn't work and I couldn't drive because it was my right foot and I drive a stick shift so I had to go home to Colorado and let my mom do my laundry for three months and it was really difficult you know like it was really hard to um just go and have to sit around all day and all this stuff and I just kept thinking like man you know what's the reason for this why god why did you let my foot get broken and all this different kind of stuff and now like just being in a place that's more mature about um, about stuff, I realized that I don't think that God like had a specific reason why my foot got broken, but he was able to use that as an amazing opportunity for me to spend 10 weeks of uninterrupted time with him. And I had the most amazing revelation of God's love during that time. Like, it was one of the most special times of my life. And although it felt really dry at some points and really confusing most of the time, it was one of the most special times that I've had in my relationship with God. I really believe that God can take any circumstance and pack it full of purpose if you'll let him and if you'll pay attention to it. And I think that... He's constantly speaking, and he's constantly sowing all these little seeds in our lives, and it's when we actually pay attention to what he might be saying that we begin to co-labor with God. And, and it's not, like, I, I guess I don't really believe anymore that every little thing, like, happens for a purpose, but I think that he uses every little thing as an opportunity to... Um, just speak to us. And, and like, like for, as an example, like, you know that people will pray for parking spaces and all this different kind of stuff. And I think I used to be one of those people that just, like, thought that that was so dumb. And then all of a sudden, like, recently, I've had several different people tell me amazing testimonies of how God's, like, really spoken to them through a provided parking space. And, and that's just... I guess for me, it shifted my thinking to know that, like, it's not just this black and white thing where either everything matters or nothing matters, but it's, it's a lot more broad than that. So how do you figure out what you're called to, who you're called to be, where you're supposed to go? First of all, I'm going to go through four points, okay? So it's know the sound of his voice. You have to pay attention to patterns, surrender your will, and discern resistance. So number one is to know the sound of his voice. This is something that you have to practice every day, and you have to listen every day. And when you listen for God on a daily basis in the little things, you begin to know the sound of his voice, and it makes it a lot easier to recognize what his voice sounds like when there's a million voices speaking at you and when you have all these huge decisions to make and the loudest voice is your own and you just can't pick it out. But, but when you are in the habit of listening to him in your daily life, it makes it a lot easier. 
Um, something else that I just wanted to touch on, a little side note here. Pay attention to the ways that the voice of God physically affects you. So the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you in all kinds of different ways, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to show up sometimes in your physical body, not maybe for everybody, but for me, it, when God's really speaking to me, it makes my heart beat really fast. And so I'm not too shy, like I could be sitting in Starbucks and, you know, see that somebody's wearing a Denver Broncos shirt, and I'm going to walk over and be like, oh, hey, you know, are you from Colorado? Like, make conversation. But if I'm sitting in Starbucks and I, you know, kind of get an inclination that I should go talk to somebody and it's a God thing, it's a God kind of go talk to them, my heart is like beating really fast. And uh, another example would be in uh, praying and having words like here in Epic Life. There's been times where, you know, it's time to get up and pray and, you know, whatever, and there's no like my heart's not beating too fast. It's okay. I might be nervous to be in front of people, but it's a little bit different. But when God puts a word like really strong and he's specifically speaking something to me to share with people, my heart like pounds out of my chest. And so pay attention to little things like that. That's something that I look for. Like if I think God might be kind of telling me something or giving me a specific word for someone, that's one of the ways that I'm able to evaluate it now, because if that's missing, then I'm kind of like, uh, you know, God, I need you to confirm it a little bit more before I act on that. So another way to uh, know the sound of his voice is to evaluate things in hindsight. So you got to look back, you got to look back to the times when you've been uh, seeking to hear his voice, and evaluate whether or not you're really hearing it. So an example would be there was a group of friends that I had when I was just out of high school, and we were super tight. Like, there's like 10 of us. And um, we met and just immediately were really good friends. We met at church. They were doing an internship. They used to come over to my house all the time. Uh, Spiritually, they really fed me. Um, just always praying for each other, and it was just a really different dynamic than I had ever had with friends before. And one time I was sitting in church during a worship service, and I just felt this voice be like, you're going to lose your friends. Like, that group is going to get broken up. And I was just kind of like, like, it was a very loud voice, but I didn't know that it was God's. And I was kind of like, what the heck is that about? And not kidding, like a month went by and none of us had a falling out, but just through like life circumstances, our group got broken apart and we didn't get to really hang out anymore. And, and that was something, now looking back, when I hear a voice that sounds like that one, I know, oh, that's God's voice. And that, that helps. Um, another situation, another example is uh, my journaling there was, I can look back on this one particular situation where I was um, journaling and debating a romantic interest. And um, it's so crazy because, like, I remember writing it, like, thinking that I was very um, surrendered to God and that I had truly um, given him free reign to take it, you know, take it away or... um, 
all that. And I can literally look at the page, and there will be like a big fat paragraph that's obviously from God where I was truly surrendered with it. And then there's a whole other paragraph where I was not at all. And at the time, it seemed like really hard to tell the difference between my own voice and God's voice. But looking back and reading it, I can still remember like the gut feeling when I wrote the contrasting things. In my gut, I knew that that wasn't right for me. And, and the, the things that I was writing about giving it a second chance, it, I mean, God was not telling me to do that. And so remembering that and, and evaluating it has helped. The third part of knowing his voice is to record it. So like I was just saying, to, to journal that has, that's really helped. Um, if you guys don't have a journal, we have some for you. They're specifically uh, for prayer. So if you need one of those, just talk to myself or Eric or whatever. And um, they're awesome if you guys have them. Some things, um, just examples of ways that recording it has helped me is in prayers for my friends. I have a calling to prayer. I am an intercessor. And I used to pray for my friends and write down the things that I would pray and just kind of like, you know, a journal is a really safe place to just make lists and pray for people and, you know, if you're right about it, then great. If you're not, then oh well. And as I began to do that, um, I would find out that people were really dealing with the things that I was writing and I would remember, you know, oh, this is how I felt when I wrote this and, oh, hey, I actually do hear God's voice really specifically and for me, that's what it took. Like, that really is what confirmed in me. Oh, actually, God, God really speaks. That was the biggest witness in my life. And I also um, encourage you to remember when you've had repetitions in what God's saying. When God's repeating things over and over, it's for a reason. And um, he might say something that doesn't seem relevant at all in the moment, but if you'll remember it and kind of just, you know, put it on the back shelf for later and uh, keep it up there, he may later repeat himself. An example of that would be when I told you guys that I, God said, you're going to, you should try to do something by September 1st and it's going to take a leap of faith. It was like three weeks later, my friend from Spain was in town and was praying for me and he said, you know, I just feel like whatever you're going to do next, it's going to take a leap of faith to do that. I'm like, cool, you know, God just kind of said that to me, so that's awesome. And then when I came out to Sacramento two weeks before I moved here to visit and check things out, I had coffee with somebody that I didn't know, and um, he randomly shared, like, some dream he had had, and in this dream, he was standing on a dock, and these boats were pulling away, and he knew he should be on one of these boats, and that boat was an opportunity, and that when he went to go step on it, it started pulling away, and, and that it was going to take a leap of faith to make it onto that boat. And so now God had spoken the same thing to me three times, and so him telling me that dream honestly probably would not have swayed my decision on whether or not to come if the dream had been by itself. But because I had hidden his word in my heart from the months past, it was huge, and it was like the thing that totally tipped me over to come. So number two is pay attention to the patterns. Look at your life and evaluate what stirs you emotionally. So what tugs on your heart? What makes you really frustrated? 
what brings you to tears, what makes you really excited. And paying attention to the patterns is what's going to help you to figure out what it is that's God's will for your life and what it is that he's called you to and what, what, what has he gifted you in. What kinds of things make you say, this should not be this way, and I'm so passionate about it that I'm going to make a change? Or when blank is absent, the void is so much for me to bear, and I just, I'm not going to be content until things change. I think that that's, that's like a really huge one. Evaluate what, what voids are happening in the world today. What, what things are absent in this world that it's totally unacceptable to you? Like for me, it's totally unacceptable that people die because they don't have clean water. That, like, that just so upsets me. Like, I bathe in drinkable water every day, and there's people dying because they don't have that. And so, for me, I know that I'm probably going to, somewhere down the line, be called to do something about that problem, and I do as much as I can about it today, but I'd like to do more about it later on in my life. Um, and so, just really pay attention to that. Also, um, pay attention to what is your, what do your thoughts always return to? You know, in all of the situations that you've been in in your life, in all of the jobs that you've had, in all of the classes that you've gone to, and all the different groups of friends you've had, what's, what's certain tendencies that you've always had? You know, for me, I have just recently kind of figured out that I think that I'm a pioneer, you know, I used to think that I was really um, uh, just kind of ADD with um, getting bored with stuff. And I've figured out that it's not really that I don't like to finish a project. It's that I love to pioneer new things. And I get totally bored when I stay in one place for too long. I get totally bored when I, when I work on a project for too long. But... I love being able to see the picture, and I actually really enjoy the labor of breaking ground for that building to be built. Some people do not like that part. They do not like getting in the dirt. They want to, you know, be the one to put the last little thing right on the top of the, the building, but that's not me. Another one for me is prayer. I have a huge heart for prayer, and um, I, love, I love doing that, and I feel most, like, alive when I'm in an active lifestyle of prayer. That's something that has returned to me over and over and over. It was there when I was in high school. It was there after high school. It was there in Mazatlan. It was there, you know, in Sacramento. And when there is a void of prayer, when, when the body of Christ is not praying, it really bothers me. So pay attention to those things. What are some patterns in your life? All of those things that I just talked about are seeds that God is spreading into your soil. They're just little indicators of your calling. He's just kind of throwing all these little seeds into your soil. And, and those things, all those little inclinations, all those little frustrations, all those things that just really get inside of you, those are inclinations of your calling. They help you recognize who it is that you're called to be. Number three is surrender your will. 
You need to keep a neutral heart when you're seeking God's direction in your decision making. You have to be willing to hear yes or no. And that's really hard. You have to surrender your preferences and your agenda and invite God to totally purify your motives. Because it's so easy to think that you're really honestly seeking for God, but really in your heart you still have your own motives and your own agenda. And so you have to, you have to surrender that stuff and you have to just you know, stand there with your life in an open palm saying, okay, God, like, for real, take whatever you want. That's how you remain usable. This, this point, I would say, is the, the biggest key to being that fertile soil. Because as long as you are doing things on your own agenda, it's, it's, you're not going to accomplish anything. For me, in Sacramento, the agenda was always to help God accomplish whatever it was he wanted to accomplish here. And, and for me in my life, wanting to be in missions and, and do all these things, that, that was surrendered for the time being, knowing that God put that there for a reason and he's going to bring it up and, and fulfill that goal of mine in the right timing. In order to be that good soil, we have to come to God with a servant's heart, with a loose grip on our own agenda. In order to be that good soil, we have to come to God with a servant's heart and with a loose grip on our own agenda. Ask God what's on his heart for your city. Ask him what's on his heart for the people that you work with and the people that you see every day. Just before you, before you go into work tomorrow, take five minutes and just literally get down on your knees and ask God, what do you want to do today? What do you want my life to look? What's your priorities for this day? Why did you give me this day to live? Staying surrendered in the little things will help you to entrust God with bigger things. So give God free reign over what you spend your time on every day. That's not as difficult of a thing to give up. So, you know, if it's giving up 15 minutes of Facebook to just sit quiet before him or whatever it is, be surrendered in those little things and that's going to help you to know how to release the bigger things, how to release that relationship that he doesn't want you to be in or, you know, when you tithe, it helps you to have a loose grip on your money so that when he calls you to give your last three months savings to the El Salvador missions trip, it's easier to do that, right? It's also easier to surrender your own plan for when things should happen in your life. Because so often, you know, we, God calls us to give things up, like, say, your dream job. Or these things that you just really, really want. And, and he asks you to surrender those things and you're like, what the heck? Like, why, why would you require that of me, God? Why would, you, why would you do that? And ultimately, we have to get to a place to where we trust him so much more that we know that his heart is to love us, that we'd be willing to give that because we know he has something better 
There's this story that I have no idea when I heard it um, or who made it up, but it's about um, a father and his little daughter. And for like her fifth birthday, he gives her this strand of plastic pearls, and she loves these pearls. She wears them every single day to school. Her first day of first grade, wears her pearls. She wears them to bed. They have to pry them off of her so that she can bathe. Like, she loves these pearls. And one day, as her daddy's tucking her in, he comes in and he says, Sweetie, do you love me? And she says, Well, of course I love you. And he says, Well, then give me your pearls. And she's like, What? I... I can't give you my pearls. No, Dad, these mean way too much to me. I, I can't give you these. So he says, okay. So the next day she puts them on and she wears them all day to school and she gets home and it's time for story time before bed again. And he says, do you love me? She's like, oh, of course I love you. He says, then can I have your pearls? No, Dad, I just, that, it's just too much. You can, she runs around her room and she grabs all the little toys that she can find. She's like, here, you can take anything else. Like, here, have, you know, have my bike, have my pony. I take all of these things, but please just let me keep my pearls. And so the same thing happens the third night. And her daddy comes into her and he says, Sweetie, are you ready for bed? And she just starts crying. And he just walks over and he's like, well, what's wrong? And, and she pulls out her pearls and she says, Daddy, I love you so much that I'm going to give you my pearls. And so he takes them from her and he gives her a big hug. And then he pulls out of his pocket a real strand of pearls. And he gives her those to wear. And I think that that story is so true, you know, we, we forget that he has a daddy's heart for us. And if you have passions and if you have desires, you know, he gave those to you in the first place. And so if he needs you to give them back, he's going to give you so much, something so much greater and that you might not even realize that the thing that you're holding on to so much cost him like, you know, cost daddy like 25 cents at the dollar store or whatever it is. But he has so much more to offer if you would just surrender that. He's not just going to rip away your pearls and expect you to be okay with it. There might be a time in between your fake pearls and your real pearls that's difficult to wait in, but he's going to... He's going to give something back. Number four is discern resistance. So just because you're obeying his command does not mean that things are always going to be easy, right? So you've got to ask, what's the source of the resistance here? Is this God trying to lead me elsewhere, or is the enemy trying to hold me back from God's plan for my life? So first of all, it's... Really, it's good to follow favor in your life. It's good to ask God for open doors and to walk through those doors. I am moving, and I made one phone call, and I got a job 
at a Starbucks within walking distance of my house. So for me, that's just a little encouragement that I think this is, might just be the right decision. You know, it's, it's God's helping me here. So it's good to, to follow favor. But what do you do when you're so sure that God's called you to something, but you're facing all this resistance? And it's making you question, okay, was I really hearing God's voice or was I only hearing my own? So first thing you can do is to check your heart. So go back to surrendering your will and all that stuff that we just talked about and just reevaluate. Have I really surrendered this thing to God? The next thing is to get godly counsel. What are your close friends and your mentors and your pastors saying? If you're doing stuff or you know, heading out on a venture that all the people that love you a whole lot don't think is a good idea, it's probably worth listening to. And, and there are going to be times when God speaks to you and it totally goes against what everybody else is saying. And you might have to take a stand sometimes and do that. But as a general statement, most of the time, if, if the godly influences that you have in your life, if they are totally just at an unrest about what you're doing... They might be right, and I would listen to that. The next thing is to evaluate the timing, because it's not just about doing the right thing. It's about doing the right thing at the right time. And that applies to every area, because the wrong or the right thing at the wrong time ends up being a huge disaster. So if you if you're really like you know that God's called you to do something, I can't even like think of what an example might be right now, but if you know he's calling you to do something, and man, you're, you're just like, I know he's called me to this, but I cannot get it done. It might be that the timing's just not right, and you need to be a little bit more patient. Do contend and fight to make your dream a reality, but don't hold your ambitions with such a death grip that God can't even get in. Do contend and fight to make your dream a reality, but don't hold your ambitions with such a death grip that even God can't get in. I, I know personally that I have a habit of doing this because um, I love having control in my life. I'm, um, to surrender the things that are really important to me is really hard. And when, for, for an example... Leaving Epic Life has been quite a challenge because it's something that I don't, like a year ago, I knew that, like I had never known so strongly in my life that I was supposed to be where I was at. God was speaking so much to me and like just big things were happening and so I knew so strongly that I was where God had called me to be. So now feeling released from that, it's so hard to not, like have this death grip on it, like, no, I know this is what God's called me to do. But in all reality, if you hold on to the things that were your calling for yesterday into tomorrow when you're not supposed to, you're totally going to resent what he did in that last season. And when you are, you know, at a place where you're ready for growth and you need to, like, take the next step in your life, if you stay in that season that you're at and you're no longer called to be there, you're totally going to resent those humble beginnings where you're at. Like, 
if you are supposed to be at a job and you know you loved it in the beginning and it was awesome but now you're kind of feeling like it's time for something new but then you just stay there you're going to eventually hate that job that you once loved and so don't don't hold on to you know what you know and what's comfortable with such a death grip that god can't come in and change things up so let's review those four things know the sound of his voice Pay attention to the patterns, surrender your will, and discern the resistance. And also, just a side note, too, if you've done something where you just think that maybe you made the wrong decision, maybe you should have gotten a job at the other place when you had a choice of two, maybe you should have moved and instead you stayed or whatever it is, don't dwell on the missed opportunity. Learn from it. And if you are at Starbucks and God just told you to go pray for that person and you didn't, don't dwell on the fact that you just missed an opportunity. Because if you just like look left, oh look, there's another opportunity. And those little seeds of opportunities, all those, those opportunities that he's giving you, it's like raining. There's so many opportunities for you to fulfill God's will for your life. You're not going to miss it just by, whoops, missed that one. Totally didn't obey there. There's so many opportunities for you to fulfill that. So it's time to make a choice. God is sowing seeds all over the place in your life that have the potential of growing into your calling. The seeds take root when God presents you with an opportunity and you make the choice to get to work. The seeds take root when God presents you with an opportunity and you make the choice to get to work. This life is yours to steward. My life is mine to steward. Your opportunities are yours to steward. You have to take ownership of the the opportunities that he's given you. You have to take ownership of everything that he's placed in your life, and you have to get to work. You know, you are a part of Epic Life for a reason, and you have an opportunity to steward this well because God has a specific role for you. He has a specific way that your calling can enhance everything that we do here. Because your calling is not about where you're at. It's not about what you're doing. It's about who you are. And you can fulfill that no matter what's happening in your life. I know that sometimes circumstances get really crummy, but you can still be the person that God's called you to be even in the midst of that. And, and I just want that to be an encouragement to anybody that's feeling hopeless in their circumstances that you can be who you are called to be right where you're at. Even if the consequences of your bad decisions are going to keep you there for a while, he still has a role for you where you're at. And you can pay attention to that. 
I heard a quote, and I don't know who originally said it, but for me it's been really profound, and I know Eric has told you guys this before. But um, the quote is that the grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. And that's exactly where I'm at in my life. Because I have, like, three things that I could dedicate the next couple years of my life to. I could stay in Epic Life. I could go work with another church somewhere. Or I could go home and, you know, get involved in my home church there. Or I could, I have four choices. Or I could move to Colorado Springs, which is what I'm going to do. And, um takes more risks. So in that, the grass is not greener on the other side. Like, no matter where I choose, it's not going to be like, man, if I just would have gone over there, I would have experienced revival. You know, if I, uh, man, I think I'm really missing out on some big opportunities because I chose this and not that. No, it's not like that. The grass is greener where you water it, where you invest in it where you show up every day and, and just pour that fertilizer over it or whatever you need to do to make that grass grow. And, and that's what happened with Epic Life. That's what happened for me. And, and, and the time that I wanted to invest here was like, you know, I'm, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to choose this and I'm going to water it until my poor little can is empty you know, and then I'm going to go back to God for more, and I'm going to water it some more, because I believe that his best will happens when you water things right where you're at, that his, his will is not somewhere in the distance, it's not going to happen tomorrow, it's not going to start you know, next year once you're graduated, it's not going to start once you're married and you've found that perfect person. It starts today, right where you're at. God's going to invest more in you when he knows that you'll provide a good return on his investment. When you choose to serve God's agenda where you're at, he is going to show up and you will see his power transform lives. God's going to invest more when he knows that you will provide a good return on his investment. In the parable of talents, it's in uh, Matthew 25. Um, if you don't know the story, God gives three different people talents. He gives one to one person, two to another person, and five to a third person. And that person who received five went and um, did whatever he needed to do to make five more. And he came back to the master with ten. But the person who had one, he just went and buried it in the ground because he was afraid he was going to lose it. And so when he brought his one back to the master, the master took it from him and gave it to the person who had turned his five into ten and, and said, you know, go make more. In verse 21, it says, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You are faithful with a few things, so I'll make you ruler over many things. It might just be that if you will invest wherever you're at today, that that's what's going to prepare you for the calling of your life. Whatever trials that you're facing now, there's a really, really, really good chance that you're going to go through something like ten times as, as bad, but that's going to require the same character in you. 
And I personally would way rather practice where I'm at today so that I can do bigger things tomorrow than I would just mope around and not do anything. And then all of a sudden, you know, the calling of my life comes, the job of my life, the um, man of my life, whatever it is, comes along, and I'm not prepared for it. Because I sure wouldn't want to meet the man of my life and then be like, oh, I'm, a, I'm not doing well at all. I, you know, can't hear God and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, I'm not the woman that I need to be. And, and it's not, you know, it's not that specific. Like I said earlier, like, you're not going to totally miss God's will for your life. However, that training that you're going through now is going to pay off on the thing, the dream that you really care about. So what seeds are you currently watering? And are you being faithful to serve God in your current circumstances? The band can come up. One time I was sitting in the, um, the main sanctuary. This was when I very first lived here in Sacramento. And um, it was really early in the morning. And I was just by myself. And it was dark in there. And um, I felt like God was saying to me that... Like, because I was there just by myself, crying out for God to come and move. And I felt like he said, will I answer if just one person cries out for me? And I'm like, well, yeah, I think so. I think you would. Like, I believe that if I'm here by myself, that God's going to show up. Well, how much more is God going to be able to do if two people will do it? How much more is God going to show up when that sanctuary is packed if every person in there was just desperately crying out for God? I just want to encourage you guys that that's how it is in epic life. And that's how it is in the coming season. Because each one of you has a role, and it's time for you to take your place in that role. If God can use one person to do all these little things here and there, imagine what he can do if, if everybody answered that call. And, and there's so many of you that are already being diligent to serve God's call for this place. You're already fulfilling that role. But if you're not, just know God has something for you here. And he has something really specific. And maybe it's not playing in the band on stage. Maybe it's not speaking. Whatever. It it doesn't have to be something that huge. It could just be paying attention to the person that sits alone every week. Or whatever it might be. It might just be praying for epic life. Just every day deciding that you're going to pray for God to show up in your community. Whatever it is, you have a role. So if you guys would just stand up with me as we close tonight. God, we just want to give you every ounce of glory for what you do in this place. We look to you, Father, and We just want to say 
in our hearts, especially to ourselves, just that you deserve all of the glory for what you do here. That ultimately, it's you who makes the difference, God. And you can accomplish all of your purposes with none of our help. But you love being in relationship with us so much that you decided to let us help out. So Lord, I just want to pray specifically for the people in this place who have been doing everything that they can to answer your call in their lives. The people in this place who are already praying for for a move of God in this church and the people who are uh, just doing everything they can to to share you with the people at work and just the people that, that are already laboring so much for your calling and your your purpose to be accomplished in their lives. God, I just want to pray encouragement over them. We just pray that you would come and you would cause those seeds that they've been sowing, the, the, the little seeds that they've been watering. We just want to invite growth in those places. God, I just pray that that things that people have been laboring for for a really long time, I just release growth miraculous growth just uh, really really fast that anybody that just feels like they are ready to give up because they don't see how things are ever going to change we just pray that that there would be just uh, a miraculous speed to the amount of growth that they're going to see in the coming months God I pray for the people who have been sitting around and waiting for your will to show up, waiting for your calling to show up on their doorstep. God, I just pray that you would bring revelation to their heart, that they can act today. And God, I want to pray for the people in this room who do not, they, they're not buying the fact that you have a plan for them at all and that they just feel so not even able to do anything for you. So unworthy. I just pray a revelation of your identity over those people tonight. worship here, I just want to encourage you guys that anything that you've been holding back on, act on it. Anything that that you just haven't wanted to give to God, give it to Him. invite your Holy Spirit into this place, Jesus. We thank you for being here and for speaking. We just ask, God, that, that as we worship, you would complete every word that you that you have just planted in us. God, we just ask that you would um, just complete every work in Jesus' name.